know, tons of them climb these peaks all the time, every year, multiple of them. <laughs> how many, how many, like think of the Sherpa, right? That, that works yeah. at base camp or whatever for Mount, you know, Mount Everest. How many times is he going up that one, the tallest mountain in here? Just one yeah. Sherpa. Right. So, you know, there's, there's credit where credit needs to be due. And I think this documentary does a good You wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Ready? No. Clink. Clink. Click, clack. Clickety, clack. Click, 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 clack, clack, click. And now... Your nature podcast, Wandering Ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like an owl opening like that. I'm like, <laughs> bumblebee wings. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then that. galloping of like a herd of wildebeest yeah. out in the African savanna. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Maybe we should just uh, totally lean into the like radio side of things. Yeah. And then, and then you, right, it comes in like, and now the reverend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then we just open up with like, "Hey, how's What's it going?" Up? Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that would be. I don't know. I don't know. I maybe maybe we try it out. The hey, new year can... is upon us. Maybe we just do it for uh, the month of uh, January in 2022. We do like a typical New Year's resolution that only lasts a month. <laughs> right? <laughs> so. I love it. No, um, it's fun. It's all in good fun. Um, you guys know, you listen in. Let us know at wanderingwastepodcast at gmail.com. W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. And you can let us know what you think. Or if you have an idea, maybe you made one for us. Cause you're that great. Yeah. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, new year is upon us. So you probably all just got done, um, doing your Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday that you do celebrate, you are probably getting pretty close to wrapping that up as new year's actually new year's has already come and gone. Now that I, I believe this it. is the fifth, right? When this episode yeah. comes out, we we we're all at work. We're all like, man, Christmas break could have been one more week longer. Just <laughs> could have. Um, it's true. I've that, probably already been back in the busy world of things. Well, especially out west, right? Like there was a lot of places that got some snow this weekend, and or the, you know, we're recording this on the twenty seventh, so right before the New Year's holiday, and there's a lot of snow in Oregon, Montana, Idaho, Washington. You know, I, think I know the I, whole state of Oregon had snow at one point. No, um, on the 26th in the morning. No, when I was driving home, the line, like as you leave the Dalles and you know, you slowly start to come up out of the gorge. Yeah, that was the line. Oh, no snow there. It went west. Normally, uh -huh. you think snow east. No, it was all in the west. I was like, what? That's where I was going 80, 90, because I could finally. Well, I was thinking it was snow <laughs> everywhere because the coast got snow. And when the coast gets anything, you know it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. So, yeah. How much? Just... 
snow um, did you guys get out there? In Seaside, there was, oh, probably three, four inches. Oh, that's nice. But the thing about your guys' snow is it's a lot wetter. Yeah. So it, it stacks up quick. It also melts quicker. It does. But it's not like this fluffy stuff because where it's like it, it takes a little bit longer to get taller. But that yeah. wet shit. I remember in Corvallis when we were down there and how it affected us. It got bad. Yeah. Uh, this snow's, I think, on par with that level of snow. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm I mean I'm here in Ashland now and there's there's a good amount of snow on the uh on the roads. Yeah, but it was like a couple feet that came down in like a day in Corvallis somewhere down there. That was what was crazy. Yeah, I think there's parts of Oregon that were supposed to get that much. So heck, Corvallis might have been one of those just because of its location. <laughs> yeah, it could have. I you know, I don't know. No, I love the snow. I mean, I hate it. I love it. I think I was the only one that woke up in Oregon and was like, oh, this sucks. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was. I woke up and said, oh, this sucks. I don't like snow. Right. Um, you know, I, I was driving because I drove all day yesterday. Well, most of it. Because, you know, the nice thing about the coast, at least a lot of the coast, seaside, the snow stayed, I think, all day. But, um, like basically Lincoln City South on the coast, uh, the snow was melted by the time oh. I hit it. But I had to come across one of the passes and then you start getting into the snow more. And uh, when it's like snow, one, you have to drive a little bit slower because um, you, can't, you can't rely on those brake slams that you use, otherwise you'll go spinning. Um, two, you got people that drive two vastly different speeds on the road you got the speedsters <laughs> and the people that go slow as shit and you know managing those is a whole challenge in itself but well, what really annoyed me was when the snow was falling itself okay and it would hit my windshield and i'd be like all right my windshield's all wet so I need to use my windshield wiper because I can't see because it spreads out. But it's not enough moisture for the windshield wiper to work smooth. Oh, it's like, and I'm like, this is annoying as shit. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just let it stay a little bit longer to get enough moisture. Well, because it spreads out, you can't see shit. So yep. I'm like, well, I got to go. And I have to listen to the whole damn time. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, people like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not driving it. No, I'm one of those speedsters. I was going about 70, like, average speed the way home uh, on it. Because, like I said, you can drive on the snow. It's the ice that gets sketchy. Yeah. And it's funny in the state of Montana, everyone gets over to that right lane on the interstate because I got to throw my hazards on. There's snow coming down. I get it. You're in a little Toyota Corolla or a Honda Civic or something like that. It can't handle the snow. And I don't know why on December 26, 2021, you decided to drive it. <laughs> but I'm in my Jeep that I have reinforced for the snow. I will run you off the road. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to create issues about my safety for me while I'm driving, well, I've given you ample time to pass the car in front of you or 
get over to the lane to the right lane of the road where in the state of montana it's a rule that's you know slower traffic in the right lane <laughs> let the passing traffic go in the left lane um i will run you off the road so yeah yeah <laughs> if the the roads actually weren't too bad um here actually by the time i hit i-5 um they were the road was like clear basically it was like pavement so the worst the real i mean it was really bad leaving my parents house to highway 99 um like when you go to matt's house out that way yeah because it was really coming down and like you were saying it was those thick pieces of snow that hit your window and it yeah. just spread everywhere i mean my wipers were fine but <laughs> the it, there was a point where you're just sitting there and your your lights are hitting them and you hit like my, my high beams you know it looks like star wars or you're just light speed yeah that's a whole thing that messes with your eyes because yeah. uh because that's coming at you right but you still have to pick up what's in front of it so like visually the human brain has a hard time with all that forward motion at us while also picking up the distance now make it 6 30 in the morning it's dark out and there's cars in the other lane with their brights and then you have to dodge a deer that somehow ends up in the middle of the road and you're like how the fuck did i not see you yeah yeah that was me on the way out it's a whole thing but it's fun you know i'm here we're recording a podcast so either i didn't run someone off the road or i didn't get run off the road there's a couple times man snow falls it moves on you know yeah, I don't like it. I prefer the rain, but you know, it does make it pretty. The park I live to, super pretty right now. No, I look out outside, it's white. I'm gonna have to drive to Wolf Point today where the high is negative one or whatever, and it's gonna suck. And I'm gonna well, at least the roads going east are a lot better. Yeah. Um they're they're they've been paved, they didn't get a lot of snow over there. Um, hopefully. But I thought about taking my Honda Civic, but I should take the Rougarou for the Rougarou fans. So, <laughs> although you just mentioned you made it for the snow, so if there's snow, you should probably take it, right? Oh yeah, it well, and it's the weight, right? Yeah, it helps hold you down to the ground. Uh, a lot of people, like you say, like to use their brakes. You know, you said that, um, and I saw that a lot yesterday. And that's what happens when you use your brakes. You start to slide on the ice. If you let the car do what the car was designed to do, it'll slow down if you take your foot off the gas. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that go gas, brake, gas, brake. You know, you can go gas off to the right. There's no pedal over there. You can just let your foot dangle and the car will slow itself down. Yeah. The one, one part of my drive yesterday that had a lot of like ice on it um i there was like this cluster of people that was i don't know what they were doing so i just took this pull out and i waited for them to clear because i was like this is going to be a shit show <laughs> so i'm gonna just let it kind of go until i have because someone was like trying to come across to go back down because they didn't have the proper car to go up and then there were people coming down but there was this one guy in a truck and he just comes barreling by in like maybe like 70 yards in front of him. There's two cars going very slow. One's got the hazard lights on. And you're like, 
start slowing down or, uh, you know, you're, you're going to slide. And sure enough, he like, he totally fishtailed like into the other lane and shit. <laughs> and you're just like, call me Nostradamus or something. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't have any of that on the way home. I think the worst I've ever fishtailed. Well, no, there's two, there's two times I've fishtailed driving real bad into the other lane where you're like, well, this is it. Uh, there's once when, uh, with you guys coming back from, uh, the black Hills in Montana, the emergency brake on, I know we're trying to pass the semi truck. Cause that's the shitty thing. He's got 18 wheels kicking up that dusty stuff. Plus the snow and you can't see, but you get around that truck. You're like, Holy shit. I can see now. <laughs> and then there was a time when, Oh, when was it? We were going down to Lake Havasu. And we're by Big Sky. We're going from Bozo to Big Sky. We're in that canyon there. Same thing. Trying to pass this old lady going fucking 25. And you're like, you shouldn't be driving because you're not only creating a risk for all the other drivers, but yourself because you're going too slow. Some idiot like that truck is going to slam into the back of you. And you're in a little small car. You're going to be in that ditch probably dead because you're driving slower. You should have yeah. stayed home. Um, and that's, that's the scary thing with the snow. Um, but yeah, we put it in the other lane and there was another car coming and I was like, Oh, this is it. But we got back. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen to that truck. Cause there was a car coming up and I was just like, I was like, well, shit, one of two things is going to happen or three things. Cause the third happened, but one, like that car is going to hit the truck or two, that car is going to start to slam the brakes and fishtail into the other lane and get hit by a different car. Or three, well, the one that happened is nothing. The guy just fishtailed and got back in the lane. No, uh, yeah, that sometimes how it happens. Uh, God, dude, there was a few of those yesterday where it's like, you are going 70 miles an hour and you hit that little bit of, but the car doesn't like, it catches itself within a half a second or whatever, you know, within that like, you don't really slide, but you feel that you slid a little bit there. Oh, those are scary. It's like when you hit a big puddle in the rain. <laughs> Hydroplane kind of a little bit, just like that, where it's just like it pulls you, but it doesn't. Yeah. yeah that's why no, slush man. sucks, too. Because slush yes, will like pull you, you know, when you, well, when and you that's... switch and it's like in the middle. It will like, and it will like straight up pull you to a side. <laughs> well, and that's the issue with that lane, right? People like to get over and pass in that. And I'm like, I'll stay in the snow. Yeah. Cause you have traction in the snow. When you're going through that slush into that like lane where cars are driving and that slush is just getting pushed over and turning into ice in that lane. Yeah. That, that's where you get pulled one way or the other. But to be fair, all the bad drivers yesterday had Washington, Oregon, Texas license plates. Uh, North Dakota, I saw a few, which I was like, what the fuck? Like, you guys should know. <laughs> but it was when they were going through the mountains, like in Idaho. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Uh, we don't have those. But yeah. Speaking of snow, ice, and mountains, that brings us to the topic of today. We're going to get... Every now and then, uh, we find a documentary uh, that really kind of tickles us. And <clears throat> I think the last one that really tickled us was that um, Sasquatch one about all the uh, pot farms and them blaming the murder on my boy Big. Oh, why did it tickle us, huh? I don't know. Probably because <laughs> it was Big. 
it was it was and we like to do bigfoot for you guys and you know we we try to find him i looked in oregon i saw a nice little den of some sort could have been could have been just a hole in the rocks but it wasn't i thought it could have been a bigfoot cave wasn't no that's because like my new shirt you know he's the social distancing world champion so well so I was having actually a conversation with Cody, Ray's brother, Ray, we interviewed here about firefighting, um, about Bigfoot, because he 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 believes, and we were having a conversation, and I said, how many, I said, you you live down in Mescalero, you guys had bears down there, he goes, all kinds of bears. I said, how many of those did you see in the wild? One or two. Okay, how many uh, mountain lions, did, I know they have mountain lions there, how many, never seen one. Okay. Yeah, and I think there's less Bigfoots than mountain lions, so let's stay with that. <laughs> but we do find documentaries that tickle us, and this one uh, sure did. Um, if you have the Netflix, you've probably, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. If you listen to podcasts, you probably have seen it. Um, it's called 14 Peaks, uh, and it is about uh, ne- Nepalese. I think that's what they're called, Nepalese climbers uh, doing the 14 highest peaks in the world, which are all located in the Himalayas, if you didn't know, um, at a world record pace. Uh, Are they? I thought he went somewhere. Oh, he did them in different sections. He breaks them up. They're all the Himalayas. I didn't realize that was the whole stretch, but now thinking about it, it makes sense because, like, it would be like, doing it here in america like oh we did the like canadian bit we did the u.s bit now we're doing the mexico bit <clears throat> i guess or the rockies yeah yeah that's that's pretty much how it for is. some reason i was thinking he went up to fucking like norway or something for one or two of them but i guess that yeah no they they're all in yeah the largest like biggest mountain range in the world the himalayas mm. they're um they're pretty they're- impressive well, Mount Everest is in them. Yeah, well, he climbs that one. <laughs> I know, he climbs them all. All 14 of the highest peaks, and he does it at world record pace. Before this, like, the first guy to ever do it did it in, like, what, six years? No. The first guy to, like, set the record was, yeah, it was seven years or something. Yeah, the very first guy, who they have in the documentary. But I want to say there was someone else who does it in like 40 35 years first and then the guy who breaks the world record or sets the world record at like seven years and then this this guy oh i I thought it was just the six years was like i mean that's the record yeah i thought but i thought record is like seven months now (laughs) see this is a problem when we when we watch it and then decide let's do some other episodes in between yeah no i i want to say they talk about like the first person to climb all 14 probably took them like 35 years they interviewed the guy that guy in the documentary he uh they have him talk to him they talked to him quite a few times old guy in it um and And then the guy which that's like a british guy have actually you know because in my experience with mountain climbers they're always very um I don't know, arrogant or like any adventurer, really. They'll like, they'll hear about someone doing some expedition and they'll be like, oh, he did it that way. That's not like the true way to do it and all that. 
kind of and this guy that they had the guy that first did it he's like yeah no they they did it their way their own way how they did it well because they used oxygen and yeah that was that was the big thing is that was another thing but it's like like that's the norm of climbing now so sorry yeah part of me is like i get it you want to go up there and say you're badass you went to these peaks without oxygen but um I don't know about you, but pretty big fan of oxygen. Um, well, you said badass. I thought you said dumbass. Oh, well, badass, you know. I was saying dumbass because you're going up fucking 14 of the tallest mountains in the world without oxygen. It's thin up there. Go for it if you want to. Um, I'm good. I, I, would take the, I would take the tank, personally. Yeah, I mean, I would too. I'm not, I'm not trying to prove anything, you know. The thing I'm trying to prove is I can get to the top of a four, one of the 14 highest peaks in the world. That's what I'm there to prove. I'm not there to prove that I can do it while holding my breath. See, I think that's the other thing for you. I know you love climbing mountains, but like these tall ones require snow and ice stuff. And that's just sometimes not fun. When I did St. Helens, I had to have crampons. Yeah. Yeah. Had to. Yeah, I had to. Because... Like the last half mile is all snow and ice, and it's no, it, it's it's slower, but it's it's actually quite fun. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not fun. I just I that's just a whole nother layer of issue. I think we don't we don't realize that, right? Like we take that hike in Hawaii. You know, to me, that's you know we where we went three thousand, two thousand something feet elevation gain on this hike. So you're you're getting altitude as you go up, and to me, you know, doing that hike with you and just the, the different terrain we encountered on that hike, you know, there's a lot of parts where it's flat and all of a sudden it's going up and down at points. Then you hit some switchbacks. Then you hit like those points where it's like, here's some rope and you hold on and you hope you hold on and get up this little gulch or whatever. And I mean, it's fun, but like when you think about these 14 mountains that this guy does, these tallest mountains in the world, the entire world, and uh the fact that they do them and like some like that ladder did you see the ladder in the episode they climb across and it's like just one of those little metal like you know looks like a harbor freight ladder to me and they throw it down and kind of looks aluminum and fragile and you're just like fuck like it's not secure like you haven't in all this years of climbing Everest, you haven't decided to put like a permanent bridge in. <laughs> well, they have to. They have to take it down every year. Yeah, they have to take it down every year. So that's why they don't have like anything permanent. And you know, they have to. When you're doing Everest, you cross a bunch of crevasses. So you know, it's, that's why like you know the Sherpas, they're you know they climb it all the time and. Um, you know, they go and set the trail for the season, essentially. Oh. Well, that's what makes, I mean, the Sherpas and the, the Nepalese people really, I think, the amazing people that they are is the fact that they do do that. They don't get as enough credit as they need. Because I, I, I guarantee you look at probably half of the, and, I, and that's a big number, half of the people that climb Mount Everest, I would say they, you know, they probably half have to thank their sherpa for for that oh got to because of how crazy that mountain yeah. is got and it's crazy for ma- multiple reasons the overcrowdedness i didn't realize and i saw the news when when everest was overcrowded when he posts the picture a couple years ago 
Oh yeah, the yeah, because that's the big thing. So we haven't really like explained what it is. Go ahead, go ahead, go explain, uh, and then we'll get into it. Sorry, we're excited. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what the documentary is about is I'm gonna butcher this guy's name big time, um, but it's he's a Nepalese guy, and he wants to do the 14 highest peaks in the world at record pace. Uh, I'm going to try his name. I apologize. I'm not going to get it right. It's Nimsdaya Perja, Perha. And they uh, call him Nims the whole time. Yeah, Nims. They call him Nims. That's, well, his name is, you know, whatever. But Nims, he wants to climb the 14 highest peaks. First, he realizes he's pretty good at climbing mountains. Um, and so he goes and he gets a team of all Nepalese people to climb the 14 highest peaks. And their goal is to do it in seven months, which would be world record pace by a lot at this time. Like six like years. Think, no, I think that was, I'm, I'm pretty confident six years was the first and then like the next was like three years or something. Um, it was like, I know that the, the record before these guys broke it was multiple years. That's all I, and it was like a few. I know but, these guys were doing something unique by doing it all in one season. Because even they talk about like some of these mountains, like, like Everest. There's a season to climb Everest. K2, there's a season because it's harsh and you'll die if you don't do it right. Yeah, well, there are winter seasons. Um but for the most part, there's this ideal climbing season, and that's when they're going to do it, is mm -hmm. they're going to climb it in this. Um, and there's a lot to it, you know, like Everest, when you climb Everest, um, the days that you can climb to the summit, that's really only like, I, th I think it's like a week of the year. Oh, true. I think it's, yeah, like two-week window, yeah. Yeah, where you can get up to the... the um, the actual summit. So these guys decide to do it in the whole like uh, climbing spring, summer climbing season. And, uh, you know, they, they run into a lot of different challenges from permit getting to one, they have to get to each of these different peaks or places with all the peaks. Um, Cause they're all relatively spread out. Cause again, Himalayas, La very very large mountain range that covers a lot of ground and so they there's the uh, logistics of it um and all of that so yeah they it's end up really I, I you know i told jared to watch this for that for that reason what you're saying what, what the kind of the line you're going now is like there's a lot to this this show that is going on and you're doing a really go good job explaining it um and just like the process that these guys go through the fact that his like not only that but he's living like a normal life you know his mom is going through some conditions during this whole thing yeah. so he's dealing with her dealing with like hey there's a lot of people out there counting on me for this and which is funny and i love it and you can see the tie from the Nepalese people to the native culture, but just even the fact that like his family's like, what do you think you're going to do? Go climb mountains? Like come take care of your mother. Like you're supposed to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> no, he's a great dude. And the fact that his training, they go into his training and he was what, uh, what do they call the British? Yeah, he was like a special forces. Uh, yeah, for the British Army. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And that's where his training, I think he realized I can do this stuff. Well, yeah, I think that built the base because then he started when he got out, he started like climbing mountains, like actually. And um, he realized that he's pretty dang good at it. <laughs> so he is like, and then he saw this idea and he's like, let's, let's do it. And so well, basically he put this team together um, and they're like, let's go. Well, and I like the team, right? And I like how he explains it with his friends and these people because he said, you know, for each mountain, we got kind of a different team. There's a core group, obviously, but there's some different guys that are probably doing each one with them. And just list, just listening to them and the way they, they, they talk and the way he wants to do it for his people, like almost to the point where he's like, I don't care if you remember my name. I care that you remember I was a Nepalese man first yeah. you know i wasn't sir edmund hillary you yeah, know i yeah. i am this guy i am the best i will be the best and just that attitude and, and the, the humility behind it as well of like i'm the best but i'm not going to tell you i'm the best i'm not tom brady i'm not going to say i'm the goat even though i am and i'm loving hiking mountains <laughs> yeah yeah he he approached it very well i thought you know um because he did it, he did it for his people. Because you know they have been climbers. They're you know historically they're climbing people um, because of where they're located. So um, it was nice because it gave credit where credit was due. Um, you know you don't you don't hear about any uh, Nepalese mountain climbers or adventurers that are famous, and you know tons of them climb these peaks. All the time, every year, multiple of them. <laughs> how many, how many, like, think of the Sherpa, right? That, that works yeah. at base camp or whatever, for Mount, you know, Mount Everest. How many times is he going up that one, the tallest mountain in here? Just one yeah. Sherpa. Right. So, you know, there's, there's credit where credit needs to be due. And I think this documentary does a good, good um, job at giving them their moment that they deserve. Um, no, and I think it's good that we're talking about it too to help with that moment because I don't think our media, if it was a white man, they would have covered this a lot more. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it wasn't, you know, it's not being covered as has it wasn't covered as heavily nationally. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, and I think you, we need to give Nims his moment. Yeah, He's, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He he does deserve it, which. You know, hopefully we're doing a good job at giving it. To I you. hope. <laughs> hopefully I'm not butchering it too much. <laughs> no, it was. I mean, I, I, I really like it because like you said, he starts out and he figures out, you know, we're going to these mountains. He does it. Um, I mean, for the first few, I mean, they're rolling. They're putting they're putting these things down under their belt, like shh, one mountain, two mountain. Let's go. Yeah, they're they're moving um at the beginning and what's funny is you know they lose so much time there too because you know they end up saving lives <laughs> so yeah. they uh, they talk about the they talk about um altitude sickness that you can get that really affects the lungs 
Um, you build that mucus kind of layer up and uh, finding that guy that was, you know, he talks about it being a Yeti or whatnot, but um, you know, it's, they end up saving lives while doing this whole expedition, which is like crazy. You know, he's like, all right, we got to do this quick. I got to go up, but this person's dying. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll take them down, then go up type deal, which is, you know, that's huge and very admirable of them uh, to do that. Well, they say that right on, on Everest. Uh, don't go, don't help the people because they're going to, if you help them, you're going to die too. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the energy you're exerting. Yeah, you know when he, when he did that and went to Everest, and he takes that photo that went the photo that went viral that uh, you know, and everyone talks about how crowded Everest is. You know that really showed like what Everest has become now. Um, which is bad, you know, everyone just wants to do it and it's become easier to get to the summit of Mount Everest because of these Sherpas and because so it's, you know, it's, I'm sure there's some sort of like packed down trail underneath the snow on the dirt that's even starting to form from the thousands of people that climb this place. Yeah, there probably, there's probably some. And what sucks is, you know, Everest is such a delicate, you know, it's the tallest graveyard, or not graveyard, um, but what is it, junkyard in the world, the highest junkyard, because everyone takes those oxygen tanks up, but they don't bring them down. And uh, you can't take a helicopter up that high to then pack them all down. So people have to literally pack it down if they want to clean it up. And that there is very dangerous in itself. <laughs> so, well, and and to be fair, like those other cultures, you know, trashes are. It's okay to do that in some cultures where it's like that's just throw it, throw it off the side of the mountain. I don't you think know. it is okay though in this case. Really? Yeah. It, it just has become. It's become a thing. Yeah, is what you're saying. Okay. Because people don't have the energy to carry it down. They put, bring it all up and they're like, I don't want to carry this empty tank down. So I'm going to just leave it. Yeah, I guess. You know, and That's also true. you find new bodies every year. Yeah. So, you know, the new body thaws, sometimes bodies from way, way, way long ago, they find, which those are always cool. The snow drift kind of stuff. Just how um, like... somebody gets stuck in the snow from something and then like years later, the that wind opens particular up. spot thawed more than usual and you see like a skeleton <laughs> type deal no i don't think you see i think they freeze freeze like it's like a i well i think it's like a mixture of yeah, skeleton to, to flesh the decomposition <laughs> yeah. kind of which yeah. would be a, a yummy sight for sure for <laughs> yeti yeah, that's who cleans up and that's who eats <laughs> it you know that's who's doing all the hard work up there is uh Bigfoot's cousin, uh, Yeti. Um, but before we go too much farther into the documentary um, and how it finishes and then closing thoughts on it, I want to show some cool shit in nature because, Ooh. you know, we're talking about cool people doing cool stuff in nature. So it's, I guess it's time to show some cool shit in nature. Well, and this is definitely, you know, as you're getting that loaded up, a documentary for the Wanderers to, like, like I say, you know, you get off this podcast today, 
flip it on Netflix and just throw it on the background because this is just wonderful. Wow. Is this just a photo? Yeah, this, I got two today. I got a wow. photo of Snow Leopard. I thought it fit, you know. These do um, reside in the Himalayan mountains. So I thought, and this is my favorite big cat. So it's like, duh. Um, but the Snow Leopard, the ghost cat, <laughs> this is uh, a picture of it. It's a very nice picture. Of it. I think it's in a zoo. It, yeah, the rocks behind are kind of questionable. Yeah, that's what's doing it in the water. Like, <laughs> well, I, think that's, I think that's ice. Well, and like frozen something. Yeah, I There's think it's snow ice. behind him. But it's but the rocks in the back are kind of questionable. Yeah, beautiful snow leopard, beautiful kitty. <laughs> yeah, very, very beautiful. But the one, the other real cool shit in nature that is this video that is super cool um oh, so it's a, a video of a volcano eruption and the video is like taken from space but i love the like circle of the normal clouds that the volcano has created around it yeah yeah it's it's really cool to kind of see because it's just you know it's like almost like the classic mushroom cloud kind of that you see all the time uh for mm -hmm. atomic bombs well, I think it is because look at the ring kind of on the in the if you look at the smoke, right? The like volcanic ash, there's that white, like white cloud on top there, kind of looks like a like it's on top, like a cap. Yeah, the, the ring, there's like a thicker band of smoke or whatever around it, almost like a circle, like it is a ring, like that going up into the air. Mm -hmm. ah, this is a really cool video though because it's an angle that you don't see often for volcano eruptions so <laughs> no you don't and it's I, it's a unique perspective for sure yeah which is why it makes it some cool shit in nature you know you your last cool shit the bubble freezing did you get the one i sent you of like and i tried pulling it up to show um, oh. that one is a cool shit in nature i just uh it's hard to get Instagram videos yeah. onto. Uh, oh, I assumed. Onto uh, the <clears throat> podcast here, but it was more bubbles freezing. And what was cool about the one you sent is it had the snowflakes, like yeah. in it, and it like spun for a while, which was cool to like see. So it was neat. It was definitely cool shit in nature. So yeah, maybe cool we'll shit. make an appearance. I don't know. You'll figure out how to do Instagram on on Zoom. I do. I know how. It's just. Yeah. Um, it's a process. Yeah. It, and when I don't have time to prep, as much time to prep, it's hard. I cop out and go with the easy ones to do. I don't, I don't blame you. Thank you, Wanderers, for checking us out. Uh, make sure that you are hitting that like button, that subscribe button, leaving us a review on the iTunes, on the Spotify's, or wherever that you are checking out this podcast today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Any kind of feedback, uh, we love it. Uh, make sure to check out the YouTube so you can see our uh, beautiful faces instead of just listening to those beautiful voices. But uh, hit the like and subscribe button there, too, to see all of the fun Wandering Way stuff. Yeah, on the YouTube too, make sure to check out those videos like Mark's amazing 30-day road trip where he lived out of the back of a Jeep. And if you want to commemorate it, go ahead and pick yourself up that Wandering Way swag in the Linktree bio, click the swag button. If you're just on YouTube or Google or some sort of thing, go Teespring, 
com slash wandering ways you'll find us you'll find socks you'll find shirts you'll find whatever you want to put our logo on and you can have it for sure and maybe you only like one of the wandering ways team members here and you want to check out maybe just me personally because obviously i might be the better one uh check me out reverend marcus on the instagram on the twitter i got some fun stuff there Hey, and you might be into Jeeps. You could check out my Jeep, the Ruguru. You might be into adventures. Check out Zach of Wandering Ways. Who knows? You can find it all with us at Wandering Ways, the nature podcast. Yeah, let's keep wandering on. I see I see you moved. Move, you're getting ready to move. Your books are off your shelf behind you. So I get it. You got, you got other things at hand. Yeah, this... Depending on how many we can record here soon, this may be the last one in this place. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll have a new studio or whatever <laughs> um, set up here, uh, hopefully within the next week or two. That would be cool. It would be very cool. Uh, hopefully it works out for me. Well, I mean, I'm moving for sure. So... You know, this place here in Ashland is no moss. Uh, I will, I'm still going to be in the Ashland area, but not in Ashland anymore. <clears throat> going back, though, to 14 Peaks, the documentary, um, there's another really cool part in it that I appreciated, and it was when they got to K2, mm. which, if anybody's not familiar with K2, uh, K2 is the deadliest mountain. Uh, it has the most deaths associated with um, all of, of all the mountains. I think it's the technical climb. It's the hardest to climb in the world. Yes. Te te technically. And uh, I, we've talked about this before. I read a book in like seventh grade called Three Cups of Tea about a mountain climber who he tries to climb it and he actually ends up going down into like a village down there and building schools. Yeah. Um, so K2, you know, that's the, that's the big one. And, you know, there, there was the group that was already like there um, trying oh, yes. to climb K2 and they were just, they weren't making it. And essentially when, you know, NIMS got there, everyone was like, You're, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to do it. Um, and he, he basically was like, no, we're going to give it a shot. You know, let's, let's get this going. Like, this is how we're going to do it. And he, he approached it, you know, it's that classic, like it, it just can't be done this season or it just can't be done. And this guy comes in and says, no, we're going to do it. And sure enough, they did. And they, they bring the people that like climbed it with them that were just doing K2 and like the joy and satisfaction they got because they got up there and they were so thankful that, you know. Did did anyone stay behind? I want to say like one, I thought one of the dudes stayed behind. I think so. Like the chick went up with them and she was super, because what happened is they showed up to like part, like they showed up at night, you know, they're all sitting there, they run into camp, they meet these people, they're talking to them. So they get drunk, they have a little party and yeah. then they game plan. And I, I think that's what you do too, though, right? Like that's something, you know, when we're on our hikes, you know, one foot in front of the other, just one step at a time. That's all you can do when you're in any situation, you know, one, one moment at a time. And 
that's kind of how he takes this is like, you know, I know we can do it. The weather, we're going to have a window. We're going to use that window and we're just going to, we're just going to roll with it. And I think the problem, the group before that they run into has is they're really playing. It has to be perfect conditions for us to go up. And if it's not perfect, it's a bad time to go up. And I think when you approach just anything in life with that, that attitude, um, yeah, it, you can find yourself into trouble, you know, where it's like, I'm not like you're, you're, you're finding yourself opting out a lot more because you're like, no, oh, perfect conditions aren't there. Gotta go. You know, you're never going to get perfect conditions. Yeah. Anything. Searching for perfect conditions is, you know, that will set you up for failure looking for perfect. But, you know, K2 is a very unique mountain. You know, I've I've talked about it before um, very, very little bit on the podcast. But, you know, there's a guy I follow on Instagram, Colin O'Brady. He tried climbing it in the winter, winter season K2. And so they start climbing the mountain, him and this. Can I, sorry, before you get into it, uh, why would you do it in winter versus like the summer? To prove that you can do it in a harsh. Oh, okay. So this is like, okay. People do it, you know. Okay. He's, All right. I was just curious. I didn't know if it would not have been the first person to do it. I just didn't know if it was like, oh, this, it's a different route in the snow or, you know, something like that. Where No, no, no. It's, oh, this it's, is just like, I'm better than you, kind of. It's, I'm a really good mountaineer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you. But so he goes and he's going up with this group. Uh, him, this guy that he went to go do it with, and then there was like six others. Um, they were climbing and they're at one of the camps and when he's at the camp um, he actually gets this weird feeling and he goes back down to base camp and he calls it he ends up not even climbing k2 oh the other six people are like all right we're gonna keep going all six of those did not make it off the mountain wow yeah so you know k2 is I mean, it's a winter season, so the weather's harsher and all that. You have, like, these very tiny windows that you can do it, um, you know. But, I mean, that's that's six more uh, body count for the mountain. <laughs> so, you know, K2 mountain, is yeah. – it, it's legit. You know, they talk about the ice shelf that essentially if it falls, like, just even a crack of it, you know, it's going right down an uh, ideal climb route. Don't they, they have a lot of avalanches too. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. They actually, don't they experience an avalanche on one of them, one of the hikes where it doesn't necessarily go where they're hiking that you just see it. Like, I can't, I want to say it's down one of the Valley, like not their Valley, but you see an avalanche. It's like, Holy shit. Yeah. We've had avalanches on cool shit in nature. I could be thinking that, but I want to say they, they, they're hiking up above and you see that you can see the snow kind of moving. Oh, maybe. Hey guys, let us know. But uh, yeah. So, you know, that's the K2 part. Um, And then the other real fascinating part of the documentary is when they get to the Chinese portion of it. Um, you know, because they ended up, they had permits, and then they were denied the permits, and, you know, they had to reorganize how they were going to climb all of these mountains to hopefully be just able to legally go and climb 
uh, one of the yeah. Well, and that's that's actually something you know you and I think that's an episode we want to talk about down the road is about permits and just getting into the permits and like just the way like even the Chinese government is and like they were they I want to say didn't they show up and realize their permits were revoked because the Chinese government told them they couldn't go up. I don't remember how it they was kind of weird. They lost them, but I know that they had them, and then they did not have them. Type like this, they closed the mountain or something. Yeah, like, they closed the mountain early. Yeah, it's kind which of is odd, but interesting. Yeah, um, which which, but that's something you know with all trips that you know we don't think about sometimes. You know, uh, the different governments involved. You know, especially with something like this, right? Like, because he's going in, you know, Pakistan, Nepal uh you know china these various different countries that you know they're going to have different laws and regulations on how to climb and even which is interesting some of these mountains since they are the border you can climb up on different sides of the country and people will do that um for those various reasons i don't know it's it's an interesting uh thing and like you said this chinese one and just how like what i like is he didn't use it as like oh we're done he used it as okay. Let's finish the rest, and we will come back to this one. We will make this one happen, and I, I really like that because how he he just uses social media. Yeah, I like, mean, he got huge social media support to uh, you know essentially you know strong arm the uh, Chinese government to say, "All right, fine, go." <laughs> um, type it only of- makes them look like good and like it only like the only thing is that you hold him up you look bad yeah you don't you're whatever <laughs> yeah it would have been a very big bummer if uh they were not able to climb that peak because um, no. it would have been like it's not their fault type deal <laughs> no which that would have been the that's what would have made it a huge bummer is like we could have done it we very well could have but we weren't allowed to and but but they did it they were able to get up and climb the peak and they ended up accomplishing their goal of doing it in the seven months, actually under, I think it was closer to six months in the end. Well, and his, and they flew his mom up there. So like when he got literally got down the mountain, they were there. Yep. Um, You know, they, it was just such a beautiful way to cap it off. I think, you know, just like, this was something hard. He accomplished it. He did it. He did it for his people. He did it for his mom. He did it, you know, even listening to his brothers and his family through the whole thing, kind of like, dude, you're just a crazy man climbing mountains. But then at the end to see like, wow, to, to see you accomplish this goal and to do it and do what you did and do it for the people and, and just gain this momentum and traction in the mountain climbing community. Um, that's just, I mean, it's great. It's, it's so good happy to see you know a native nepalese man do that yeah i i was really stoked um for the fact that you know it was the nepalese or people from that area that did it and two you know they set out this goal they they had a lot of doubters and they proved them all wrong and you know they did it they did it in a good way as well. It wasn't like the like arrogance of like, no, I'm going to do it type deal. It was like, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. Um, shoot, 
we got to save some people's lives here. We're not allowed to climb this mountain here. Oh, we got people that say we're not like this mountain's just not climbable this season. He's like, come with us, you know. Like that's like, my favorite part. Like, oh, just join us then. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, we we've got it. Like, no worries. Like, we're we're gonna get done. If we can't, we can't. But we're gonna at least give it a real good effort because <laughs> I think we can. Oh, you can tell for sure. He he's he's definitely at peace with like his decisions of these mountains and yeah. I, you know and i think that's one thing climbers um you know and i'm not i'm not a climber by any means i'm more you know i'm just an adventurer i'm a wanderer and uh part of that to me is like i know you know when we're in glacier back country there's there are those possibilities a bear could come out into camp and, and get us that's mm-hmm. you know let it be so be it i made the decision um there's less of a chance but he definitely, you know, especially with that getting altitude sickness on this trip uh, and, and seeing the Yeti and kind of just his visions and how he explains it, um, which is very interesting because um, it, it shows like, you know, like to do something like that, have an encounter like that and be like, OK, yeah, I'll go climb the other eight that I still need to go climb. Like you, you're at peace with knowing that one slip, I'm, I'm gone. You know, yeah. I, I guess I don't, I, that's hard for me to do. I, it's, that's why I don't want to go try and train and climb an Everest. Cause there is, even if I'm a healthy mountain climber, there is that chance because just like driving, there's some of those dumb hikers out there. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but anyways, uh, we highly encourage, or at least I do, um, I do highly encourage you to go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called 14 Peaks. Um, It's super good documentary. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. If you like the podcast, I'm more than than willing to bet you'll enjoy the documentary. Um, But yeah, go make sure you go check it out. Uh, 14 Peaks on Netflix, streaming now. Uh, But with that being said, we are going to move on. I'm going to be the guy and say it's time for our final words um my final word you know just like nims find find that thing that brings you peace comfort and challenge because that's what these things are they're 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 challenging but they also bring that peaceful comfort comfortableness to him um for me I would say, you know, it's just adventuring. It really is. It's going and seeing new places. Yeah, I don't have to climb to the top of the mountain. I'd like to go see the mountain. I want to go see the mountain um, and experience things. Um, you know, like I talk about, you know, me and Jared, you know, we went down to Nye and down into the down into the crazy wind just a couple of weeks ago. And it gets crazy, you know, the, the, but the energies, being around those energies, I think are good for me. It's dangerous to go out in 75 mile an hour wind. You can get tree branch blown off and slap you across the face. And no, that's no bueno, but definitely find those things that challenge you, but also make you feel at home because that's going to make you a better person in the end. And that's what, I mean, that's why I think this is such a good documentary because it's not like, look at me. I broke a world record. Yeah. I climbed these 14 mountains. It's like, no, here's, here's what I did and how I did it. So you can learn from me and I too can learn from me. Mm-hmm. No, that's 100%. it. 
Uh, Reverend's final words of wisdom. <clears throat> Stay beautiful, everybody. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you for listening, sticking around, all that. Um, find your peak, everybody. Find your peak. It could be a literal peak or it could be just something else. But go out, find your peak, and climb it. Um, I think I think we all should have some peaks that we need to climb. That's the new year. So you probably made some New Year's resolutions. Make that New Year's resolution your peak and tackle it and own it and dominate it and become a better you. Then even though you're already beautiful, become more beautiful. <clears throat> but with that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.